Late Night Health continues. I'm Mark Allen. We're going to take a look at infertility, and we're going to take a look at how men play a pivotal role uh, for making a baby. Uh, they should also play a pivotal role in raising that baby, but maybe that's a little bit out of uh, our next guest's uh, wheelhouse. Uh, Ayla Barmer, uh, master's degree, registered dietitian, um, licensed uh, L, uh, dietitian. Is that with LDN? That's right. Right. And a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and a functional medicine practitioner. Well, I, I've said all that and we're out of time now. Um, lots of initials there, lots of education. Um, do most people realize that guys can be a cause of not being able to have a baby? No, I, I believe that generally speaking, uh, you know, it's surprising for listeners uh, to hear because infertility is viewed as a women's health issue today and has been historically. But in reality, it's equally both. To put that into perspective, about 30% of infertility issues are due primarily to male factors. 30% due primarily to female factors, and the remaining 40% is categorized as unexplained infertility, which tends to mean a combination of both male and female factors. So it truly is a shared issue, despite the fact that men are often left out of the equation, or at best, they're simply viewed as having one role, fertilization. When in reality, men's health affects the health of the pregnancy, it can actually help um, avoid really dangerous pregnancy complications and affect babies' long-term health. So it really matters a lot. So during the pregnancy, I mean, the act is done. Uh, guys being supportive of their wives, making sure they're eating properly, all that, is, is that actually, important? That is important, but it actually goes a lot further beyond that. So men's sperm um, actually influences the development of the placenta, which is an entirely new organ that is de developed and grown through the course of a pregnancy. And there's newer research that shows that men's role in the development of and health of the placenta, which is an organ that nourishes baby throughout the pregnancy right. is, is they're actually more responsible for the, the healthy development than we, than, uh, than even women, which is wild to think about <laughs> given yeah. that women are growing that organ. So there's signaling that happens, um, through the DNA of sperm that happens, uh, in a number of different ways. And what we're really talking about is epigenetics. So it's, it's signaling that um, affects gene expression. And so in that way, it affects not only the pregnancy, and a lot of it is through this placenta mechanism, but also baby's long-term health. So men's health before conception in that three to, three to six month window really sends messages to, to baby in terms of what they need to express, how they need to, what type of health outcomes will be seen as they, they grow into childhood. So I, I really get excited about this because I think about it as the ultimate preventative medicine. If we think about, uh, really focusing on this window of time. And you, you founded uh, full well, uh, it's a fertility wellness and education, uh, company, uh, to help, uh, people, uh, who are trying to have babies and have not had success. Um, you, you talked about that three to say six months prior to, um, to pregnancy. So mm -hmm. we know that there's a fetal alcohol syndrome. If mommy has been drinking mm -hmm. and continues to drink through pregnancy, um, does the same thing hold true for, for guys? I mean, obviously 
three to six months, you know, before mm -hmm. uh, conceiving a child, should they stop drinking or? Yeah, you know, I do put alcohol on my list of some of the top things I would recommend that men avoid preconception. And I mean, we it's not my most popular recommendation. I'll say that right outright. But, you know, if you think about your female partner, they're abstaining from drinking throughout an entire nine, 10 months, right? Um, you know, I think I think it's doable. And the impact can be huge, because it's, I mean, the way we look at it is really how many straws are on the camel's back, you know, and alcohol is going to be um, something that takes away antioxidants, good nutrient resources that would otherwise be protecting developing sperm. And so what can happen is in that window of time when sperm are really developing, and it's in that roughly three month time period, but I kind of like to back it up a bit because we, we're not going to get everything perfect in the three months. We want to really be focusing on health for a bit longer preconception. And it's really in that window of time as sperm are developing that we want to make sure that no damage is occurring, uh, particularly in the DNA and sperm are even more sensitive to that than egg than, uh, female eggs are. Um, in fact, there's really interesting mechanisms where the female egg can overcome a little bit of damage that, that can occur with, with sperm, but largely we want to make sure they're protected and they stay intact and there isn't damage because that'll affect the ability to get a positive pregnancy test, you know, conceive it will also. Um, but if you, if you do get to that point and the, the pregnancy is viable, it can, as I said, lead to changes in the placenta development, pregnancy complications affect baby's long-term health in ways that we don't necessarily fully know yet. You use the word epigenetics and uh, to me, we've done a number of shows on epigenetics. Uh, it, it, to me, what it means is that even though you're genetically predisposed to do this, uh, you can change this. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's how I think about it as, as well. I kind of, I think about it as like these little tags, you know, that are, that are all over key receptors and it's in how they're influenced, how they're turned on is, is via your behaviors and environment that you're living in. So this is really ties into evolution, how we're biologically wired. It's, it's just really kind of cool, you know? And so all of these things, this is really by design, you know, the body is trying to give information, you know, to help, um, to help future generations. There was a, a very popular show. And before we started, you and I couldn't, Ayla and I could not, um, remember the name of of a character in friends uh john came up with it chandler bing played by uh, matthew perry on uh, on friends and they had a whole running theme where they couldn't get pregnant because of a low sperm count mm -hmm. right and they ended up adopting uh is that was that is that a positive message to say hey this is a possibility it is. And it may not be until three, six months, or even well after a year of trying that couples will get to the point where they seek out or are even eligible for medical interventions and seeing something like someone like a reproductive endocrinologist where they're running a semen analysis. Um, that's becoming a little bit more accessible, but generally speaking, I mean, that's not something you're getting right out of the gate. So you may not know if you've got an issue with overall sperm count. Now, I mean, there's other parameters too. There's 
the shape, the morphology, in other words, there is um, motility and that's, that's essentially how well the sperm can swim and make it to their destination. Um, there's a number of parameters that can all be affected by what I like to collectively call oxidative stress. So, and oxidative stress, um, that what you might think of when I say oxidative is antioxidants and there, that's exactly what we're looking for as a primary dietary intervention for fertility, um, whether or not, you know, you've got an issue or suspect you have an issue. It's really wise to focus on antioxidants and really flooding the body with not only antioxidants, but the right nutrients, because there are trace minerals. There are all types of nutrients that are involved and actually found in both sperm and the semen, um, that help contribute to its health and protect from that damage that can lead to things like uh, low count morphology, motility issues. Our guest is Ayla Barmer. She is, um, has a master's degree. She's a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and a functional medicine practitioner. Uh, she's the founder of Fullwell, a fertility wellness and education program. And uh, we're going to continue in a couple of moments. And when we come back, we're going to find out if tight underwear for men really can prevent babies. We'll find out more about that as Late Night Health continues. Be sure to join us at LateNightHealth.com. We'll have a very pretty picture of Ayla up there and um, uh, a link to her website as well. And all of our other guests, both current ones and ones from years ago. Uh, we're going to turn the program over to John Bandcamp, who is sitting in for Daryl Wayne. We'll be back. Recently, I met Jacqueline from Bright here in Los Angeles. She gave me a hearing exam and then showed me how to hear again with the new Signia Pure Series hearing aids, and she can give you your life back too. I hear birds chirping, birds cooing, and even my wife. They easily connect to my smartphone. The Signia hearing aids are amazing, and with the charge and go, I don't have to fiddle with batteries and hear all day long. Not hearing is frustrating for you and your family. I know you don't have a problem, but trust me, call Bright here now for a free hearing exam, a $125 value, yours free, just for making an appointment now. There are offices throughout the Los Angeles area. Call Bright here now at 323-424-7100. That's 323-424-7100 for a free hearing exam. There's no obligation. Call now, 323-424-7100, or visit them on the web at brighthere.com. If you're listening to Late Night Health right now, you're part of the growing target of baby boomers we're serving. Hi, I'm Daryl Wayne, producer of Late Night Health, inviting you to join the Late Night Health family. If you have any business targeting the growing boomer market, Late Night Health is the ideal advertising vehicle for you. From vitamins to insurance, alternative health to Western-style medicine, Late Night Health caters to the growing population of those over 40 years old. This vibrant demographic has expendable income to fight aging, purchase travel, take care of aging parents or just have fun find out about the advertising opportunities with late night health call us at 805-391-0308 
That's 805-391-0308 or email us at info at latenighthealth.com. That's info at latenighthealth.com. Join Late Night Health as we empower people to take charge of their own health care. Call now at 805-391-0308. That's 805-391-0308. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers. With your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me? criminally insane stick around to find out many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook there is a volume one and volume two great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry and of course the rock stars themselves i'm the reverend al green and you're listening to the insane daryl wayne and i said Wayne Insane. You can find it on Amazon or Blackstone Audio. Search for the latest from the greatest from Daryl Wayne, D-A-R-R-E-L-L-W-A-Y-N-E. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Insane Daryl Wayne. Aren't you? (laughs) Role models. They can make all the difference. In our world today, they have never been more important. One of the nation's most successful mentoring organizations is Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters of Los Angeles. Their mission is to assist youth in achieving their full potential through innovative and impactful programs. And no nonprofit agency does it better. Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters of LA serves Jewish children, boys and girls in our local community with a mentoring program that's been going strong since 1915. That's only the beginning. This nationally known agency owns and operates Camp Bob Waldorf. Its summer camping and weekend retreat programs enrich the lives of youth throughout greater Los Angeles. Then there's a college support program And last but not least, work that helps kids all over the world through the Teen Talk app. Want to learn more? Go to jbbbsla.org. Donate. Get involved. There's no better way to make a difference. Late Night Health continues. I'm Mark Allen along with John Van Camp sitting in for Daryl Wayne. Uh, our guest is Ayla Barmer, and uh, we're talking about fertility. And we've talked about this in the past, but we've always focused on women. Now we're focusing on guys and what they can do to make sure that they have a good, successful pregnancy. Uh, this is, there's, uh, oh, it's National Infertility Awareness Week. That was uh, um, way back in April. And of course, June, besides being Gay Pride Month, it's Men's Health Month. So this is very appropriate for us right now. Oh, it's also World Infertility Month. How about that? All right, before we went to our break, Ayla, I asked you the the key question. Should men who are planning to get pregnant with their, their spouse or wives, should they wear tight underwear? Yeah. So when, when it comes to men's fertility, it is circulation is really important. I mean, that's, that's true for women as well. And really for all humans or all phases of life. I mean, we really want 
fresh oxygenated blood to be circulating well to all parts of the body, including, including the reproductive organs. And so, you know, tight underwear, it really kind of depends, you know, I think it's, it has to be part of the context. I think generally speaking, looser, uh, looser underwear is better because it does help with that circulation. So we don't want anything really restrictive, um, or anything that's going to cause excessive heat, you know, that can, that can cause damage. But I, I really like to think of it as just trying to incorporate as much movement, um, and circulation as you can to get that fresh oxygenated nutrient rich blood pumping between the brain and the reproductive organs. I've never, I I'm sharing this for the first time and I'm only doing this because you are a medical professional and I can share with you, right? Ayla. Mm -hmm. All right. I like to be held. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like briefs rather than boxers. But apparently in my case, it I had no problem. Yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's going to be a total deal breaker. You know, it's not the biggest bang for your buck type of do or don't for fertility. Uh, you know, it's not, you just want to avoid excessively tight, excessively hot environments. Um, you know, I have certainly seen recommendations and a little bit of research around avoiding things like hot tubs and saunas. And I'm not, you know, convinced that the data is that strong on that either. Um, that can also help with circulation and detoxification sure. through sweating. So there's benefits too. So I think you can do it, what's comfortable, but in put it into the context of overall healthy diet and lifestyle. Everything in moderation. Yeah. Absolutely. Including right. moderation. I, I, including, including, <laughs> including, I didn't Including moderation. Including I, I like, moderation. I like that addition to that. <laughs> yes, you're right. Hey, listen, uh, you have a list of what, I guess, four or five do's and don'ts? Yes. And we did cover one of them. Uh, so, first was to exercise routinely to get that fresh oxygenated nutrient rich blood pumping throughout the body. I mean, that's exercise or any type of movement. I mean, we're talking walking, stretching, any, anything that's going to help with circulation second. And this actually is, is number one is and put very simply, we want to flood the body with the right stuff to help combat the things that we can't control, such as our age, certain environmental exposures. So top of that list is which I mentioned earlier is eating a diet high in antioxidants and omega-3 fatty acids. So you want to think fruits, vegetables, seafood, including shellfish, which are uniquely high in sperm supporting nutrients like zinc and selenium. We want to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night, ideally as closely in sync with as possible with the light and dark cycles, because our circadian rhythm, which is really our internal biological clock is very much tied to our reproductive health. And it's one of the reasons why we actually see more fertility issues and shift workers. So we're, we're highly connected to the light and dark cycles, but in our modern and modern environments, you know, we're exposed to blue light after the sun sets, you know, we're, we're not necessarily working with those rhythms or seasons as we once were. And so sometimes that can require a little bit of, of lifestyle shifts to help support that better. Um, and then lastly, daily supplementation, because we aren't going to be able to do all the things every single day perfectly. So a high quality supplement like full wells, vitality and virility formula can really help fill the gaps. And that's what supplementation is designed to do. But we want that, we want that supplementation to be quality evidence-based and designed for male reproductive health. So lots of lobster and shrimp and high quality vitamins. Yes. Yes. And, Yep. And I would say, you know, when you're taking a food first approach, it's, you know, 
shellfish isn't something that's necessarily easy to incorporate every single day. So that's why I say, you know, supplementation could be really helpful because we need um, something like 64 oysters to get in uh, close to what we're needing for zinc in a day, you know, so any amount's going to help, but, but supplementation can help fill the gaps. As we talked before we started, six oysters today in many restaurants here in Southern California are around $22 for six. So if you had to eat 54 oysters, I can't even do the math. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. On the other hand, on the other hand, uh, Whole Foods has dollar oysters on Fridays and they have three or four varieties, which is great. They don't show you how to shuck them though. So it's like eating a rock because it's very hard to, you have to learn how to shuck them unless you're from Boston. Mm-hmm. And like you, you can probably just pop the things open, right? <laughs> we, we are pretty good at doing that around here. And yeah. you, you can also get them canned. I mean, they are pretty good on a salad or like on a cracker with like some hot sauce. You know, I think that's sometimes the strategy that I give couples. Right. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, my wife and I like smoked oysters mm-hmm. and we buy a can of those and, but only in olive oil, not in cottonseed oil. That's right. Uh, right. Cottonseed oil is a no, no. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's, uh, inexpensive. Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, in vitro, uh, it, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes insurance covers it. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, how effective is in vitro? Yeah. So any assistive reproductive technologies. So we're, we're talking in vitro fertilization, uh, you know, IUI, um, IVF, it's, it's incredibly expensive. Um, it costs anywhere between 40 and $60,000. Wow. Um, but it has a very poor success rate. I mean, up to 40%, like that's a clinic that's doing a really good job if they're getting percentages that high. So, you know, it's a, it's a huge financial investment, but it's also a huge emotional and physical investment. It's very difficult in the body. It's a huge strain on relationships and there may be a more cost-effective way. And that's really my mission um, to help couples. And this is what I've been doing in practice for 15 years now um, is helping couples find this less stressful way because at best case scenario, it's helping you avoid um, that, you know, assisted reproductive technology altogether. And it, the worst case, it's actually setting you up for more success, you know, and we know that it can help to, um, address the underlying reasons for the, the fertility challenges. Um, and diet and lifestyle can help to influence the health of the pregnancy and baby's long-term health. So there, it's really, there's a, it's a win-win situation by focusing on a, a, a natural diet and lifestyle approach, whether or not you do wind up going for uh, in, uh, IVF. Uh, what's your success rate? And that's, so if we go to full well, not only do we have a, an opportunity to get better and and probably improve the chances of IVF or other uh, in vitro technologies, without those, do you have a good success rate as well? 
Yeah. So in my, in my practice, there was a point where I was consistently getting close to an 80% success rate, pregnancy rate, uh, within, within nine months of working with folks. So it's not, it's not as quick. And oftentimes, uh, given the success rate of IVF, you know, it can, it can take multiple rounds. So it's not a given, right. That it's going to be the first round. So that can be, uh, that can be quite a process as well, even, qualifying for it and getting started with the process. But um, generally speaking, between three and six months, um, I have a really good success rate. And within nine, it, it has been close to 80%. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's less than 60 grand a session. That's right. It's far, yeah, far less good. than that. Yes. Hey, listen, we're out of time. Uh, Ayla, thank you very much. Ayla uh, Barmer has uh, been our guest. Uh, she is the founder of Fullwell. We'll have all kinds of information about Ayla at LateNightHealth.com. We are out of time for the show. John, thank you very much for everything you do and for keeping us on track. Uh, Have a good week, everybody. This is, um, yeah, this is Father's Day week. So dads, John, happy Father's Day to you. As to you, Mark. Thank you. I appreciate that. That'll be the only one I get. Uh, No, I'll get, uh, I'll have a very nice Father's Day and I hope everybody does as well. Have a good week, everybody. Have a great week. And most importantly, have a healthy week. I'm off to the gym. See you next week. Bye-bye.